Welcome to That Farm Life, planting hope, harvesting strength. That Farm Life is a production of Eagle Farms at Williams Baptist University. On That Farm Life, we talk about that life that is that of a farmer and their family. We talk about the day-to-day grind, the good times, the tough times, and everything in between. Because farming is more than a job, it's a way of life. And we're here to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. Now here's your host, Stan Norman. Hello and welcome to That Farm Life Podcast. My name is Stan Norman. I serve as host of this ministry to the farming community. We are very glad that you have chosen to listen to us today, and I am thrilled I'm excited to announce our guest to you today. Today we have Ryan Vaughn of Regional Media Personality, I guess, in this <laughs> part of the world. You are at KEIT Channel 8, and you are the weather dude. Is that right? <laughs> that's a, that's the official title is uh, weather dude. the weather dude there. It's funny you say regional. Uh, you know, We joke around about the whole local celebrity status and I was at a marathon one day and someone in Nashville and someone ran by and said, Ron Vaughn. And my cousin looked over and goes, good grief, you're a regional celebrity now. Oh, wow. You've graduated. <laughs> well, we are delighted. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, we are very grateful for the opportunity to spend this time with you. Um, one of the things that we like to say here on this podcast is, is that it's okay to not be okay. Mm. We just want to try to help you not stay that way. Right. And so we really do want to provide content and encouragement to those that join us and listen to this. And one of the things when we think about farming, when we think about the agriculture community that we talk a lot about, but not much we can do about, if any at all, is the weather. And that's your area of expertise. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, what you've done for a living, what you do for a living currently. Yeah. So I grew up not knowing anything about the agricultural community. Uh, I grew up in Nashville. I mean, so much Nashville. You you could see downtown from my house. I mean, uh, my parents uh, owned a business on Music Row and my dad was a, a plumber and well, I knew nothing about ag. You know, I moved to Arkansas when we were, uh, when I was 23 years old, my wife and I did. And I can remember seeing the first combine going down the road. And I was like, what is that thing? I mean, it's enormous. And, you know, it's going down the road. And it's just, it was mind blowing to me. I knew nothing about ag. Mm. And, and I'm kind of embarrassed to say that I went years without even trying to learn more about it. You know, I got guys at church and stuff that were farmers, but. Yeah, I still didn't know. Anything. Yeah, what brought you to Arkansas? If okay, you were in Nashville. What brought you here? Oh, I couldn't play guitar. I couldn't sing. So uh, my parents <laughs> said, "Well, not in around here." <laughs> exactly. So now in broadcast meteorology, and really even in operational meteorology, um, there's not a ton of meteorologists. Like I can't sit there and say, "Okay, I'm a meteorologist. I'm gonna go to Nashville," because there's you know probably 15 operational and. 15 broadcast meteorologist, and that's about it. So you have to go where the job is. And uh, I initially was with the FAA uh, doing weather observations uh, with the FAA in Bowling Green. Um, but I still wanted to do the broadcast meteorology side of things. So you send out back then VHS tapes all across the world. And I can remember um, getting a phone call, you know, because this was kind of at the at the you know, start of the internet. So I don't even think it was an email. It was just a phone call from a guy named Randy Titano. And he's like, Hey, I need you 
come in for an interview at KIT, and I had to go back and look at my notes and go, where is KIT? And then so uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas. And so uh, and so that's how I ended up here. And I left. A lot of people forget that I left and transferred within the company down to South Alabama, which is also a pretty big ag yep. community, which is really cool because when I was down there for two and a half, three years, the only ag that I really kind of started trying to learn about down there was peanuts. And we didn't have peanuts in Arkansas back then, mm-hmm. and now peanuts is really becoming a, a big thing. That was really the staple crop where I grew up in southeastern Oklahoma, peanuts. Yeah, peanuts, really. Yep, yep. I didn't know that either. I th- I, see, I learned something new because I thought that was all a south thing. And uh, peanuts is huge here now, and it's mm-hmm. cool to watch how it's done and how it's uh, how they harvest peanuts and the whole process uh, of doing that. So I learned that a little bit down there, but I came back um, as chief meteorologist here really just to raise kids. I mean – uh, we loved our time down in Montgomery, but uh, when you compare uh, Montgomery, Alabama, to raising your kids in Perigold, Arkansas, it, it yeah. was it was no question. Big difference. Yeah. Well, one of the things that was really brought home to me in a recent podcast with John Anderson, when we were talking, and he was going to overview the stressors that farmers face. Mm-hmm. The first one he led off with was the weather, yeah. the unpredictability, the unknown variable mm-hmm. that that creates for the farming community and how they have to manage that if you can. And, and as I say those words, I realize you really can't. You may be able to manage the stress of it and the consequences of it, but right. you can't manage the weather. And this is your area. You are the yeah. weather guy. You are the chief meteorologist for this part of the world. Yeah. How has your interaction with the farming community from your platform, how, what have you learned how are you able to speak to them and encourage them? You know, the biggest thing I've learned, and it's really been since COVID, and I'll get in that in a minute, but it is just to um, kind of have compassion towards, uh, you know, the problems with weather and agriculture and the benefits. You know, we, we, we a lot of times talked about the negative side of the weather and farming, but um, – I can remember a time when you'd always hear, this is a million dollar rainfall. Oh, we're getting, we're getting an inch of rain. That's a million dollar rainfall. And one time I just got to talking about to a, to a farmer about that. And he grabbed a piece of paper and a pen and, and I don't remember the numbers, but he said, here's how many acres I have. Here's how much rain it is. This is how much fuel I use to run the, uh, to run the irrigation. Here's this, here's that going, you know, just going on and on. I can turn those off for a week or I can turn off two weeks. And he sat there and he wrote down on the numbers. He goes, that's how much money we get from a one at rainfall. And I was like, Whoa. Yeah. I mean, that's huge. And so when you're talking about even turning off the irrigation, uh, leading up before rain, you know, if I'm forecasting, hey, yeah, I think we'll get an inch, inch and a half of rain and then we'll get three tenths. That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But I'll admit, you know, for years, I knew, obviously, that weather affected farming. But since COVID, I got to go start going out live places. You know, everybody kind of went home during COVID, and I was like, well, this is boring. Uh, I just don't want to sit in my backyard or in my home office. Uh, so I started going out to fields yeah. at planting season, at yeah. harvest season. They started letting me in combines, don't touch anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I started learning more about how the process worked. And you know, the good sides of it, you know, because there's so much cool stuff with farming. Uh, I joke around. I was like, man, I just want to farm until two o'clock and then go in and do the forecast. And, and you know, I, I love it. It's great to be out in the field. I'm going to be out there probably this afternoon, this evening. Good for you. But um, I started learning more about it, you know, learning uh, the stress of it, learning, um, you know, how much money is involved 
with it. Uh, we, we, a lot of times just think, Oh, you know, there they are, they're planting, they're cutting, they're doing this they're moving on the money side of it. Um, and so I can't change the weather, but I can also have a compassion level on it. I remember a story years ago. I said, uh, uh, something about it being dry on the 4th of July. Of course, July, 4th of July, farmers don't care if it's dry on the 4th of July. They would much rather have an inch of rain. I said something like, you know, thankfully, we're going to be dry on the 4th of July, and we'll be dry all weekend long. And somebody sent me, uh, actually called me. It was a farmer's wife called me, and she was like, you know, that's our livelihood to have rain. And, you know, I mentioned something like that on air. And then I got another phone call from a guy that does concrete. And he was like, you know what? Dry weather is my <laughs> livelihood also. You, you can't please, you can't please anybody. Yeah. So I said, oh, okay. So um, weather is one of those things that it doesn't matter what I say. It's going to do what it's going to do. Yeah. Now, they have to prepare with that also. You know, uh, you turn all the pumps off because, you know, they're forecasting an inch of rain. Uh, but even then, I, I've seen areas where um, – you know, 90% of the area can get an inch of rain. And then, you know, eastern part of one county gets nothing. Yeah. And uh, and I get it. As a farmer, that would be so incredibly frustrating. Yeah. yeah. Um, that would be really frustrating. Then, but what's funny is, you know, they're, they're, they're needing rain in June and July and August. And then they're going, no rain. Yeah, turn it off. Turn it off. <laughs> no run at all. So, you know, we're in harvest season right now. And everything's, uh, everything is, is going great. Weather-wise, right now. Yes. So, you know, I've heard it said there is irrigation water, and then there is God's water. Mm -hmm. And God's water is your bread and butter, your gold standard. You can get by with the irrigation, but you would prefer a good rain. And you know what's funny? The science behind that? I've had people before say, why is it just so much better to get uh, rain than it is irrigation? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's water. It's water. It's water's water. But it is. It's so incredibly different but also efficient i mean um putting down an inch of rain uh god can do it a lot faster right. than we can with uh better coverage better coverage better irrigation just does a better job yes he does yeah so um i don't know if you get any calls about the challenges that weather can create for a farmer we were sharing before we started recording a couple of incidences that happened here that in the short time we've had Eagle Farms working, mm. weather-related catastrophic events. So there was the Good Friday hailstorm. Uh, I, I had been – it was Good Friday. We didn't have classes. Uh, offices were closed in uh, observance of that holiday. So my wife and I were out in Arkansas, and my phone started blowing up about weather events, weather events. You started texting me. You didn't realize, but you started sending me these weather alerts. Things are going to get really significant. We had enough students on campus, and we have employees that live back in the Cove. I felt like I had to get back. We got back in time just when it really started coming in. And I grew up in southeastern Oklahoma. I grew up in a world where spring, you might get awakened by your parents the night. We got to go to the cellar. Mm-hmm. The sirens are going off. That was part of my life growing up. And it got real bad, and and we lost power, and I've got my phone going. My wife, Joy, is listening to the uh, on-air live mm-hmm. feed going on on her phone. I'm texting, managing, trying to get everybody in safe places, and it hit. And I'm thinking, okay, I survived in Oklahoma, and I come to Arkansas, and a tornado is going to hit. So we're in our safe place in the house, and it's dead. I'm, and then you hear it, just deafening, 
mm-hmm. hail like I have never heard hail before in my life. And I've heard a lot of different hail storms come mm-hmm. and go. When it passes, I get a flashlight, open the front door. It looks like it snowed. It's solid. It's almost to the bottom of the porch, bottom step. Mm-hmm. We had hail drifts on our campus and corners where the hail was stacked up waist high on a grown man. I have never seen this before. Well, the consequence of that, it took out our strawberry, blackberry, blueberry crop. Mm-hmm. We were about days away from harvesting. We had just triaged the fields. We had irrigated. We were ready to go, and we lost it all. Mm-hmm. And then we had the lightning strike on our free-range egg operation, our chicken house, 20,000-square-foot mm-hmm. chicken house. Uh, later that summer, lightning hit the chicken house, and we lost two-thirds of the flock. That is unpredictable. Mm-hmm. You can't plan for that you can be insured for it up to a point right but even then you may be finding the insurance companies over whether they're going to pay for it or not does it fall within the coverage or not that is a very very limited and small perspective of what a professional farmer faces every single year what stories have you heard or what kind of experiences have been presented to you about some of the things farmers have had to deal with as a consequence of their weather-related events? It changes. It. It, let's take this year, for example. Uh, farmer I know, Ryan Sullivan, uh, he uh, farms rice over around Luxora. He sent me some pictures of storm came through and just blew the rice down, you know, just inches above the ground. Now, when they harvest, they can they can run. I don't know how fast they're going, but they go faster when it's just st- sitting straight up. Right, right. When it's laid down on the ground, that slows it down to about twenty five percent. Here we are trying to beat you know rain coming in, you know the next rainfall coming in, and you're slowing your production down, you know seventy five percent, and you're just hoping that it's not in the mud, you know that you're not going to get get it back. So. You know that slows down things. If it's on the ground, it's it's you know, obviously lower yield, and that was just a you know garden variety thunderstorm. That wasn't even you know the magnitude of of what we had on Williams, which I can remember getting the pictures of the hailstorm Williams on Twitter as it was coming well, in. I forgot it was to mind mention it stripped our pecan trees, so we didn't have our pecan crop that year too. Goodness gracious! I mean, yeah, that was that was a wild storm, and I remember Twitter's been great just getting pictures in. On that, but I tell you another story. You, you mentioned insurance, and, and that is really the only thing that you can. That sounds like an insurance commercial, but it, you know, there's nothing we can do to stop these storms from coming in. But I had a guy one time. Uh, many may remember Hurricane Ike came in, and it curled around through southeast Oklahoma and then came uh, through north central Arkansas. But that Sunday morning, we had winds of 72 to 73 miles per hour here in region eight which was just wild um and of course that did some crop damage yeah well i had a a, a buddy of mine whose farmer he called me up and he said hey insurance is only paying 30 percent because they say only 30 percent of the damage is hail and uh i said oh man that's bad he said yeah it, you know you need to, you need to call them and tell them that all of it was hail and i said well actually the freezing level was about forty nine thousand feet i don't think there was any of it was hail he goes I never talked to you. Hung up the phone. <laughs> don't call. <laughs> yeah. Don't call. Yeah, never mind. Don't call. Don't say anything. So, uh, yeah, even once it happens, even when you're insured, even when you got all everything lined up, like I said, it just sometimes doesn't help still. I, I don't want to create any 
additional work for you because you you have a full plate. But do you get asked from your professional perspective to advocate to insurance companies on behalf of farmers? Yeah, we can't touch that. Yeah, I mean you're talking big money, and yeah. so anytime there's litigation involved, um, we 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 back way back, right? Um, and and that's not only in, in an agri well even this was an agriculture story, but. Um, you know, we get strong winds that blow dirt across, um, you know, we've had dust storms, um, come through while they're tilling up ground and, uh, we've had lawyers calling us up, Hey, we need you to testify on the wind and this. I'm like, Nope, I do TV. That's it. Um, I tell the eight day forecast to make dumb jokes and move on. I'm not involved <laughs> in the litigation side of things, but, um, you know, we've had stuff like that. You know, I stay out of the litigation side. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So do you ever have anybody call you up blaming you for the condition of their farm related? Oh, you know, even in church, you know, you get even even at church. Yeah, yeah. You get somebody say, uh, you need to bring us some rain. I'm like, well, we're here in church right now. And let me explain to you how this works. (laughs) uh, But, you know, I think what people are just wanting, and I kind of tapped on this just a little bit ago. I think they're just wanting people on their side. You know, not that we control the weather at all. They just want somebody to be like, hey, cheerlead with us. Right. Pray with us for some rain. Yeah. And we've done that. I mean, there were some times last year uh, where we just step aside and just pray for rain. And, uh, you know, because once again, it goes back to no matter what I say, it's going to do what it's going to do. And I've learned in this business, unfortunately, that drought breeds drought. Uh, we can have times where if we're not getting rain for six weeks and all the models are showing rain for a certain day it's hard to muster up some rain even when uh, when there's a drought. So um, I think that's what people want. I think sometimes they just want the the presence of somebody else going, hey, let's, let's get some rain in here. When you were training to be a meteorologist, did you guys in your coursework, in your training, talk about interacting with the broader community beyond just the news team where you work? in dealing with the psychology, the emotions, the interactions that you would have of how much weather impacts quality of life in general for all people. Mm. And in the discussion we have, the impact that it has for the farming community. Boy, that would be a great thing to study, but we did not. We did not. I mean, that is, you know, I feel like I'm late to the game also on ag. Um, We did not. And so – you know, it really has just been in the past five years that I just sit down and ask a bunch of questions uh, to see how it impacts yeah. the ag community uh, or anything. You know, I, I I stay in contact with Arkansas State's football team and and we talk about how that impacts them. You know, but that's everybody. You know, uh, in some I talked about the concrete company. You know, that's not only dry dry weather or, or rain, but temperature also. And just so everybody's impacted by weather. And that's why when we get in an elevator, oh, nice day today. Oh, it's hot today. Hey, it's going to get cool on Thursday. It's because it impacts everybody. Right. Um, but maybe it's just age. Maybe it's just uh, um, being in the business long enough where I'm starting to listen more. Yeah. And, and take in how does the weather impact you? How does it impact, uh, you know, this campus? How does it impact... Uh, the football teams, how does it impact uh, the farmers? Um, and just be cognitive of that um, so that instead of saying, you know, things like, hey, it's a great 4th of July because it's going to be dry, you know, then you say, hey, great for fireworks. 
I'm sure the farmers could use some rain at, at one o'clock or yep. two o'clock and yep. get it out of here for fireworks. But, um, you know, just to be cognitive of it and what I say is not going to change anything, but, but just to have a, a level of empathy that, um, that I can use in my broadcast and, and, and just be aware of how the weather impacts everybody. So let me ask you, put you on the spot here mm. with a one thing kind of question. What is the one thing or the most important thing or the most revealing thing? Maybe not the most shocking thing, but the most revealing thing you have learned where you currently are in the work that you do as it relates to the farming community. Mm. Well, I tell you one thing that, and this has been even in the past week, is that even within the farming community, like I made a joke the other day, we were texting with a group of uh, farmers that I talked with. I, I said something about, you know, uh, the rain coming in and, and, uh, you know, this guy's like, I don't care. I mean, I'm done with, uh, I'm done with rice now. I'm sure the cotton farmers hate that, but he's like, ah, you know, I, I'm good now. Even within the ag community, you know, one farm, which let's say a predominantly rice farmer is like, Hey, it can rain all at once, all at once now. The cotton farmers going, whoa, whoa, whoa! I need no rain for the next two to three weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so even in the ag community, um, you know, there's everyone. Everyone has different needs. Yeah. Um, everyone. Uh, everyone you, has. You different can't needs. paint every farmer with the same brush. No, nope, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Wow. So. Well, I think we are approaching our time for this podcast. I have been excited about this time with you. Looking forward to it. Getting to spend a little time with you. Maybe down the road, have you back sometime. Let's uh, do it. Maybe uh, you will be able to come on the next podcast and tell us how to influence and make it rain. You, you got that in your pocket? How to make it rain? Hey, there's a lot of rumors out there about uh, cloud seeding. We can get we can dive oh, down that uh, oh, wow. that conspiracy theory. <laughs> oh man, oh man, I don't know what we're going to do with that, but we may hear back on that one. So, uh, thank you for joining us today. I hope our farmers have been as encouraged this interaction. As I have been, I, I think it is good for them to know there's someone like you that's on their team. Yeah. That you're on their side. You believe in them. Yeah. You support them. You want to do everything you can to encourage and help them as much as you can in what they do because they have very, very important jobs. Yeah. Yeah. We've got to have them around. We've got to, we, we've got to, um, we've got to support them. It's a huge, huge part of our, uh, local economy. Um, and, and so, yeah. No farmers, no food. That's it. That's it. So we have self-interest, but even beyond that, we have their well-being in mind as well. I want to thank you for listening today to that Farm Life podcast. Again, we are always honored you would take time to download and listen to this. We hope you have been encouraged. We hope that you hear allies and friends that believe in what you do, support what you do, and want to help you as best we can. I want to thank our guest today, Ryan Vaughn, for taking time out of his busy broadcast personality around Northeast Arkansas schedule to come and share with you today. And remember, keep the faith, keep farming. You've been listening to That Farm Life, planting hope, harvesting strength, with your host, Stan Norman. That Farm Life is a creation of AgriHealth Network and is produced by Eagle Farms at Williams Baptist University. AgriHealth Network exists to offer opportunities to help you deal with the stress and strains of farm life through faith, family, and community with other farmers. You can learn more about AgriHealth Network at agrihealth.net and more about Williams at williamsbu.edu.
That Farm Life is produced and edited by Mike Dixon. Chris Grady and Brett Cooper serve as executive producers, and Elizabeth Ring is our production assistant. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep farming and keep the faith.